you will find talent in the remotest possible corner you know the most unexpected way so that's another challenge now in the current scenario if you see there's also the biggest challenge that or other i won't say challenge but perception or this uh, there's this whole notion saying that you have to be the first in whatever you do you got to have the first movers advantage no that is a myth long gone if you can sit of an idea sitting on the pot in the morning that means there are thousand others sitting on the pot and thinking of the same idea it is how you execute it and how you take it forward sometimes if you have to copy an idea copy it but do it better a new episode and a new inspirer to join us on inspire someone today hey my dear listeners we are back and what looks like probably the last episode for the calendar year 2021 what a ride it has been for the last 20 months and credit to each one of you for your resilience and for staying put these last 20 months now for this episode how many of us have heard this when people tell us when you are having a conversation an argument a discussion to say get to see things through a different lens and here is someone who has literally taken the word of seeing things through a different lens and made it his passion and a life calling joining me is the much acclaimed photographer and creative genius mayur chennagiri it's an absolute joy and delight for me to welcome you mayur on inspire someone today thanks shrikant uh, feels good to be here and uh, those are very kind words mayur given the times that we are in being an entrepreneur couldn't have been better than what it is today and you chose to be one 12 years back so i not ask you what made you to kind of get into entrepreneurship but i'll ask you the other side of the question of being an entrepreneur which is what are the challenges of being an entrepreneur so let me start with saying that uh, like you said it's any time is a good time to be an entrepreneur when i started off 11 12 years ago challenges were different the challenges today are but the underlying challenges that remain constant are some at a very high level first thing is most of the times people forget to look at or give importance to numbers the finance the projections the planning we have an idea and we just decide like okay we need to do it and we just jump into it and it could be a product design it could be a service line that we want to do or it could be something that we are extremely passionate about and we fail to kind of structure the entire approach though we might have plans though we you know we do put chalk out few things but the biggest thing that one fails to do is to put a lot of importance to numbers you know your financial planning where where will your initial capital come how much are you going to spend how much time are you going to spend and sometimes we're driven by the passion of creating something new that we kind of they you know we forget the numbers completely and we just keep on pumping capital month after month year after year not realizing when to stop so when i started uh, 11 years back 12 years back the first thing that we did was that we kind of put the numbers together for the first year because my initial plan was never to quit my corporate job that i had and do this for 
for a longer time. It was more of a sabbatical. That's how it was actually planned. I was working. I was working uh, with Infosys and I was extremely happy with what I was doing. But then there was something missing and I said, okay, let me take a year's break. And especially, you know, I would attribute this to my elder daughter, Ishani, who was like, you know, just about a year and a half and I was missing out on her growing years given that I was traveling so much. So kind of decided that, okay, let's, let me take a year's break. And while that thought crept in, my wife Priya and me, we kind of sat down, we kind of put a plan together saying, okay, let's plan something in, in say about three years time, not immediately, but let's see something will happen in three years. And then we said, okay, what are the options? What am I good at? What is it that the market needs? And that at that point, uh, photography was something which was in trend. There were a lot of stories, a lot of people, peers and friends who actually quit their very comfortable jobs to pursue photography as a hobby. So that was definitely on top uh, from hobby to a full-time profession. So that was definitely on, you know, on top of the list. But then we said, we'll take about three years. We won't jump immediately. So we said, let's do the planning. Let's say, if I quit for, for a year, do I have enough funds to sustain even if I don't get a single project? The second thing was, what is your market segment that you want to target? Now, back then, candid wedding photography was the in thing. And every person I knew was getting into it. Every person wanted to be a wedding photographer. So that was already an oversaturated market. So we took a decision that we will not get into it. And given the background, given the strength that I had, which is coming from the corporate background, having done an MBA in London, having interacted with international clients, we said, let's pursue corporates. Because that was one segment that was being ignored. Mainly because the corporates wanted to tell a story. Corporates were, you know, uh, be it a startup to a multi, a company like Boeing, which is like one of the top companies. They all wanted to tell a story, but they were all going for a plane anyway. So we said, okay, let's look at that set. And then we worked backwards. That is, okay, if at all for the year, we want to do a next target, how many projects and what will be the cost? So you, know, you kind of do that entire planning. And the first thing that I did, you won't believe is even before I could start was cancel all my credit cards and just kept one credit card in case of emergency. Second thing, clear off all the loans. So we were debt free, you know, so that automatically gives you that kind of sense of confidence and that you don't have a lingering doubt saying, EMI pay karna hai. or like, you know, there is this end of the month I need to have this much of expense. So we kind of cleared all that out and we started working on the savings. So we had a target for a year in, and the most important decision then was that if I don't hit the target, I go back to my corporate job. And that is the second point. You know, people forget to put timelines. They say, okay, if not now, chalo, ek or saal, let's take it another year or two. Uh, if a product is developed, there are glitches. Let me fix it. Let me perfect the product and then release it. And they keep you know, it gets on getting dragged. And that is where, so, you know, we'll have to realize that, okay, we will have to stop at some point. And also we should know that no product is perfect. That is something which drives all of us. You know, okay, it has to be perfect. Only then will I go to the market. No, you don't have to have a perfect product. You will evolve, you will learn as you go, but have a timeline, have a certain projections and say, let's go. So that was the second and third thing was that, you know, don't drive 
go after perfection. There's no perfection. If, uh, if I were to take an example of Apple, if they had decided that they will perfect the iPhone, they would have never entered the market. You know, the competition would have just taken over, you know, Samsung and all, all these guys. And on the other side, if I were to give the same example of uh, mobiles, you got to evolve. You got to change with the times. And Nokia, Blackberry refused to do that and they just died. They were too late. So the third thing was they don't drive a problem. First, have a financial plan. Second is that have timelines, have projections. Go after that. Don't strive for perfection. So, so these are the things that we realized at a very early stage and we said we're going to start putting these together. And that is one of the things that I see even today that many of them do not realize the value of that. So that's one of the biggest challenge to know where to start, when to stop, how to go about. Have that plan. Second biggest challenge is finding the right mentor. Like for, again, if I were to talk about mentors, it is not necessary that you always find a mentor who is in your field. You should find a mentor who is in your field. It could be tech, it could be AI, it could be photography. It could be, you got to find a mentor who will guide you. But that the value that mentor brings to a table is just, say, about 20%. The second point is when it comes to mentorship, you've got to find people from different fields. Uh, you should have someone who's from, again, from the financial planning side of it, who will guide you, who will constantly keep questioning the dollar amount being spent, where the revenue is coming from, and so and so forth. Then you've got to find a mentor who will kind of guide you through the holistic approach, right? Uh, someone who understands the market, someone who understands you well. That is very important. So I'll give you a backstory. Uh, this was about uh, seven, about six, seven years ago. So photography had taken off very well and the team had expanded. And once in well, every three years, we kind of reinvented ourselves. You see, where we started with photography, then we got into uh, motion pictures and filmmaking and then we slowly progressed towards design and animation right so every three years we have reinvented the wheel so when we were actually going through that what next phase uh, i decided to partner with a friend of mine uh, to start a different venture which was completely away from what i was doing so i went and met uh, subrato subrato bakshi who was the founder of uh, mindtree and uh, He's been a great mentor you know, to kind of always knock me on the head and say, Mr. Chenegri, stick to what you're good at. Right? So when we went and pitched it to him 15 minutes into the conversation, he just said one thing. He said, Mr. Chenegri, you're good at storytelling. Stick to storytelling. Do not try this. And uh, the partner uh, that I was uh, planning to start this new venture with was exceptionally good at branding. And he said, you should stick to branding. And then uh, he kind of summarized our entire pitch in saying that there are two broke men trying to service an industry which is already broken and nobody has money to pay. So how will you take it forward? So you need a mentor like this who's ruthless to tell you. Show, show the mirror. Yeah, to show the mirror. Absolutely. And so you need to have somebody like that. So find a mentor, one who can help you with the financial planning, find a mentor who can knock you on the head and can give you a holistic approach. And the third thing is build a team that believes in you, right? It could be a co-founder. It could be the, the team that kind of, you know, you start off with and give them that sense of being, 
saying that yes this is not a company it is not it is it is yours right uh, and when i look back and see my team that i built over the last 11 years the guys are still with me even i mean the old, oldest and most probably the first time the second employee i would say has been with me for 8 years so building that team is very important and having that sense of ownership and we kind of have a 100% transparency the entire team we are a small team i mean we are not like one 10 20 we are five and we want to stick to those five and each one of them they know what is happening how is it you know what is our inflow what is our outflow i feel they have that sense of freedom to come and say like you know at times i might just go hey why just slightly excited and say let's buy a new piece of equipment the team will come back and say yes we will but this month we had only two shoots so let's wait when the business picks up let's invest right so that is very important you know the team should feel the sense of ownership and they should also feel that it's their company uh, that's when the best comes up but at the same time i read this somewhere it's when you want to leave the nest a good mentor will say good go but the best mentor will actually say go explore you know there's a difference so when someone says go leave that means you're almost saying you know okay you don't respect for what i've given so you the leave but when you give that sense of freedom for someone saying okay go explore that means you're saying i'm giving you the safety net in case that doesn't work you can always come back that is very important so that is the kind of culture you got to build and defining the culture at the very beginning is very important you know are you going to be an open company many of them feel that oh what if i give the list of my clients and give access to the team they're going to run away and they're going to open. yes that's going to happen you know they will learn the, the tricks of the trade and they will go they would want to go and explore and they want to start their own company but there's only so much that they can do end of the day the skill set that you bring as a founder as a business owner is way higher than anything else right and that is your us that only you have so it is okay to share the trade secrets only then do you learn so a lot of people have that sense of saying oh no i don't want to share my client list or oh, I, i don't want to share my tricks i don't want to teach them no the more you teach the more you share the more you learn and that's how i i have learned i mean i'm i know for a fact that i'm good at photography but when it comes to shooting videos uh, i can script i can tell a story but i'm not that strong when it comes to shooting video uh, you know using the gear but i have a fantastic team who who understand my vision and they bring in their vision to it and that's when the best product comes in so building the team with complementary skills is very so that's again finding the team is another challenge and there is also this you know yes i also went through this phase where i said no i want to bring in people with expert with the required expertise only then will we grow no i think that was probably the biggest mistake i did the entire team that i have has started from scratch knowing nothing they joined agna and they have learned and in the process i have learned so you might you will find talent in the remotest possible corner you know the most unexpected way so that's another challenge now in the current scenario if you see there's also the biggest challenge that or other i won't say challenge but perception or this uh, there is this whole notion saying that you have to be the first in whatever you do you got to have the first movers advantage no that is a myth 
long gone. If you can sit of an idea sitting on the pot in the morning, that means there are thousand others sitting on the pot and thinking of the same idea. It is how you execute it and how you take it forward. Sometimes if you had to copy an idea, copy it, but do it better. That's the thing. And like I said, it need not be perfect. So don't have to be the first mover, uh, not have the first mover's advantage. It's how well you execute. No, I, I think you're quelling quite a lot of things out here. It's just not about having that big aha, eureka moment in the morning saying that I want to become an entrepreneur, but saying that what are the guardrails for becoming an entrepreneur to watch out for? And more importantly, what I love the fact is how you go about creating your team, which is built on transparency, trust, culture, uh, respect for each other's skills. I, I think that is the key ingredient what you are kind of summing up out here saying that for you to kind of succeed as, as an entrepreneur, idea alone will not suffice, but everything else around that is what is important. Absolutely. If I were to summarize that, uh, Shrikant, I would say best example I could think of is to be a storyteller, you have to be Yoda and not look Skywalker. The common mistakes about brand storytelling is that story is not about you, the brand, but it is about the customer. You know, you've got to understand that. Right. So very true. And Mayur, at any point of time, did this thought occur to you saying that you are having a corporate uh, job, you gave yourself a three-year window to say that, okay, let's see how it goes. Was it always the question of this or that or this and that? That's a tough question. Let me split the three years into year one, year two, year three. So year one, I was like like an ostrich. You know, buried my head in and thought that, okay, everything is good. Everything is safe. Everything is going to work out very, very positive. And that positivity continues even to this day. But yes, the first year was, I was foolhardy and I said, okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But then as the year came close by and we realized that we are not really there when it comes to a target is when the awakening happens. And that's when you start panicking, right? You know, you set a, set off a target and it was not a great target to be honest. If I look back to it, but the target was the constant pressure. That is when year two, you start reinventing and you start rebranding. You start looking at things in a very different perspective. And it, the year two was not easy. Let me be very honest. It was extremely difficult because it was a question. It was catch 22 situation, right? Do I expand? Do I take the risk or do I continue as I'm doing? Also, there's this, always this lingering doubt because I had a safety net of, you know, I could always go back to my corporate job. I had an opportunity to walk into my boss and say, listen, it didn't work. I want to come back. So that safety net in a way was good. But at the same time, you know, you kind of tend to chill out and say, ah, if this doesn't work, I can always go back. So you don't really push yourself. But year two is where we really took a call and said, no, let's go forward. Let's gamble. Let's take that risk. I had already taken a huge risk. That risk was not enough. So you really had to push. And then that's when we said, okay, let me move out. I was working from home and coffee shops. And it was like, you know, end of the month, you realize, oh, I did so many shoots, but then the bank balance doesn't really talk about. Then it was like, uh, I, I guess Ishani, my uh, elder daughter is to be credited to this because uh, I was picking her up from school. And one of the parents asked, oh, so what does your dad do? Nothing, he stays at home, right? And it was it was a perception that was built. I like, that was a time when the IT industry was going through the slums and people were getting laid off. And that gentleman was very kind enough to say, oh, did you get laid off? Do you need any help? You know, I can, I said, no. 
this is what I do. And uh, that was a real, you know, big realization saying that, okay, I need to get out of the comfort zone of the house and move into a structured way of working. Because when you're working at home, okay, you know, you have lunch and then you say, okay, let me take a half an hour nap, then you'll figure it out. So, but this bringing in this discipline is what year two was. But then year two, going out in the market, selling yourself. And that was really difficult because till then it was the question of, yes, people knew Mayur. So it was Mayur Chenigri coming and doing the shoot. It was a very, very personal level of contact. But that is not a formula that would work if you really want to expand the team. Mayur cannot be there every time. So we actually rebranded ourselves. So our company was called Photomoj uh, Agna. Our company is still called Agna. But people were not able to relate to Agna as photography because Agna means the third eye. You see beyond what you see, which is the third eye. Uh, but people were not able to relate to it. And then it was always the question of, oh, Mayur Chenegri photography. So I killed brand Mayur. I took a very conscious very difficult decision at that point to kill Mayur completely. I went off Mayur Chenigiri as a handle went off from social media and Photo Mojo as a brand took birth, which even to this day, people like though we have expanded our uh, range of services, people still relate to Photo Mojo. So that, that was a big decision to make. And when your bank bank balance starts depleting, your passion, your drive, everything just goes through the window. Your sustenance is what matters. And that's when you start having sleepless nights. And there used to be days when, you know, I would get up middle of the night, cold sweat. Think, where will the next gig come? But that is a part of the process, right? That's just of birthing pains. And that's when I said, okay, let me start expanding the team. Let me bring in more people who have the experience. And then year three was a different story. Year three was where we said, okay, now... We have done this. This is established. What next? So the entire year three went into exploring what next, what next. And that is very important. So when 12 years back, the cycle was three years, but today it's every six months. So when you're developing a product, when you're developing a service, when you're building a business, you should always have that in your back burner. What next? While you're working on one. So yes, it's very important. Like, you know, let's take a look at our scenario today. Uh, be it Uber, be it uh, Amazon, be it Swiggy, be it anyone, they reinvented themselves so fast, right? When the pandemic hit, Swiggy, which was supposed to be a food delivery, this thing, they reinvented and they said, okay, let's start with home deliveries of groceries. Amazon, which was already in the, in the, in the, in the or Uber for that matter, which was already there in cars, they reinvented so quickly that they added that as an add-on feature and they figured out a way to kind of use the infrastructure. So that, that is the pace that you got to move in and you had to move very fast. So these things are very important. What next is something which you got to constantly keep asking yourself. Oh, that's a great message out there. One is just not about jumping into the bandwagon of entrepreneurship, but also challenging oneself on the what next kind of stuff. We spoke about your beginnings of being an entrepreneur, the decisions that you made. And when I look at the clientele that you have, it is something uh, somebody would kind of sit back and say, just wow, right? I think starting from working with the CXOs of companies like Boeing, Mindtree, Atlassian, working with artists like Iron Maiden, Aerosmith, A.R. Rahman, Pandit Ravi Shankar, Biju Maharaj, and not to forget the local superstars, Kicha Surip, 
Puneet Rajkumar, Usain Bolt. I think the list is endless out here. So from those humble beginnings to have this kind of an eclectic mix of clients. My question to you here is, what has been your lessons interacting with these folks? What has been the takeaways? I am not asking you to kind of talk up to each and every person, but at a very high level, if you were to kind of summarize this, what has been your top three takeaways, top three lessons learned? So I'll say the one thing that is common, you know, across all of them is stay humble. That is absolutely necessary. No matter how much money you make or what kind of limelight and the kind of fame that you get, stay humble. That's something which a lot of us forget. So the minute you stay humble, everything will fall into place. People will be able to connect to you. And uh, that has been the biggest lesson that I've learned from. And the second thing uh, that I've seen, especially when, you know, working uh, with the musicians and the artists, always be prepared for the worst, right? I mean, it's very easy to say everything will go well. That means it, it will go well, but be prepared for the worst. I'll, I'll give you two uh, classic uh, examples. One is, uh, you know, uh, Pandit, uh, when I was shooting Pandit uh, Ravi Shankarji, this was, uh, you know, one of his last concerts in India. And uh, he came on stage. He was not, he was ailing. He was not in the best of his uh, health, but he continued to perform in spite of that because he had committed. And somewhere in, during the performance, you know, he was tired and he took a break. But when he took a break, his daughter stepped in, Anushka stepped in and continued the concert. So, you know, people didn't really feel that, okay, there was a break. And he came back after a few minutes, he took a break and he came back and he performed. So one is that commitment to deliver no matter what, right? And mentally, they were already prepared that someone can step in. If you, if, if at all, we were to talk about the sandal world, the uh, world. Uh, so we were shooting, uh, Kicha Sudeep. Uh, you know, there is this whole sense of, you know, he's a fantastic guy and there is this aura around him. Uh, he, he has this entire, uh, way of projecting to himself to the world. But behind that iron curtain is an amazing gentleman, thorough professional. So we, we were actually shooting, uh, him, uh, during one of Big Boss's promotions, uh, video shoots were, promotional video shoots were happening. And we reached there early in the morning and that shoot kind of got delayed. And then, we had, uh, I, you know, we were waiting. It was a couple of hours and then, you know, I was kind of getting restless. And then I just had a brief three to four minute conversation. I had a chance to speak to him because you already have this aura about him, right? So he's a superstar. Do I talk to him? Because everyone's on, walking around on eggshells and he's there. So do you really, how do you break the ice with someone like that? But then I had a pitch in my mind and I just went and said, okay, this is it, you know? I don't want to do the plane vanilla. These are the shots I want. All I need is, you know, about 15 minutes of your time. Now, him being a thorough professional, he said, okay, I'm going to give you 15 minutes. He nailed the brief. He came, he set, he saw the set, said, okay, what are you doing? What? And minutes, within minutes, we wrapped up the shoot. Now, for someone like him who doesn't give you like 
the minute the flash goes off thrice, he says, okay, we're done. But the minute he saw the output, he said, okay, let's do more. So you go prepared with saying, okay, if I get three pictures, I'm happy. But then you get something more out of it. And that comes with being prepared, saying, okay, how do you approach your subject? What is the brief that you want to give? Uh, what kind of images? What kind of angles? What's your lighting? You do all your groundwork well in advance. So on day of the shoot, it just falls into place. The reason why I'm giving that example is when, whenever we are pitching to a client, it could be in a coffee shop. It could be, you know, in a corporate setup. You have the 30 seconds of to get your idea, your pitch together. Do your homework. Know your clients, know your customers, know your who you're pitching to. And that applies to any visual stories that you tell. Right? So we should have the pitch in our head, do our homework, know the customer who's on the other side. And then when you get the 30 seconds, pitch and step back. And after that, just listen. Don't justify. You know, we have this tendency like, no, no, this is what we're trying to do. Or we're trying to give a different perspective. This is my perspective. No. Listen, because when you listen, you'll slowly realize that you know, there are gaps in your plan, or it could be that the person on sitting on the other side actually has a better plan than what you. So that's something which you got to learn. And all of them have taught me one thing is that be it whether you're into coding, whether you're into performing uh, art, or you're an actor, or you're you're running the top company, uh, which is which could be anything. Always remember that you got to stay rooted to your beginnings. Like, for example, Mike uh, Connor, who is the co-founder of Atlassian, casually asked him, you know, okay, so, you know, he's on constantly on move. He's meeting people. He's traveling around the world. What do you do to unwind? He says, every day I spend an hour coding. Wow. He's known as the Mark Zuckerberg of Australia, right? And he runs such a huge company and... Still, every day he sends, uh, spends time coding. And the reason being that he says that when I sit and start looking at codes created by the teams, it could be a new intern who's just joined to someone who's been in the company for the longest of time. You will always find a new product or a service plan or a new opportunity. And this also tells me that when I code, I'm up to date with what I'm what the market is or what the new technology is. So when someone from a team comes and gives me a reason, I know whether that reason is valid or not. They're not taking me for a ride. And that's how I am. So that's something which, you know, even to this day, yes, we do. I do a lot of corporate shoots. I do a lot of uh, other work. But every day I make it a point when I'm out cycling in the morning, I still carry my, you know, my camera and, I at least make it a point to take at least three clicks and that keeps your mind fresh. Wonderful. I think these are golden nuggets and great takeaways. As you were saying this one thought that occurred to me, I'll ask you about that. How do you prepare for situations when you know that you're going and having this product or shoot or conversations with bigger than life kind of images, right? The clientele that I spoke to are, are great personalities in their own field. Does that scare you? Is there a fear of expectation that if Mayur Chennagiri doesn't live up to his own expectation, talking to somebody, the stalwarts in that industry, does that scare you? And how do you prepare to deal with these kind of conversations? So, Shrikanth, I started 
photography as a hobby in 2004 and to this day before every shoot i am so nervous in spite of no i i know that yes it's this is the lighting we have used in the past this is what we are shooting but still i get extremely nervous i like you know i have sleepless nights even today so how do i work around that before every shoot i have a checklist so what is the brief for example what are we shooting who are we shooting so if you have if i'm shooting uh, sudeep for example i do lot of research on that person the three minute conversation i was mentioning earlier i had done so much research i knew he loves coffee and i love my coffee and uh, he he loves bikes he rides though i'm not uh, i don't really watch kannada movies uh, but i had done enough research to uh, you know to understand what was the new release that was coming up what the actors and what the storyline so and so forth so you do the research i personally do the research at a personal level of the person that i'm shooting so that i have that conversation with them i don't talk about photography i don't talk about the project for the first 10 minutes i talk about talk to them as who they are they're not i don't put them on the pedestal i don't talk to them as stars i talk to them as so they as as a person then you're connecting at a very personal level right and then there is there you'll always find common stories and then i spend only about 5 minutes shooting them the minute that ice is broken it's a smooth sail after that wonderful do your preparation well in advance you you should know everything about the customer and it is no different in the corporate world or in this world it's the same know your customer exactly exactly know your customer like i said be yoda and not look uh, skywalker Wonderful. So here we are starting the power of three round. Are we okay? Are we set? All set. Let's go. Wonderful. Three individuals Mayur would love to shoot portfolio for. Okay, so on my list, Madhuri Dixit is there. I would definitely had if I had a chance, I would have loved to shoot uh, Steve Jobs, but unfortunate. that can't happen so madhuri dikshit i would say our uh, prime minister modi uh, would make a very interesting subject to shoot and uh, mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg yeah wow. because uh, if you see uh, he's got an extremely challenging subject to shoot because he has a very plain poker face so getting expressions out of him would definitely be a challenge so you have madhuri who's extremely versatile on one side and then you have mark zuckerberg on the other side so yes those three <laughs> nice choice three must have tools for budding photographers and appetite to learn every day that's very very important second thing is try to nail what you want to capture in your camera don't say i will fix it in post then you're not a photographer you're a digital artist there's nothing wrong with that but you're not a photographer you're a digital artist the third important thing would be so there is this notion of every picture should have a story don't look for stories just take pictures create images create visuals because you love creating that don't look for stories don't look for stories yeah no stop looking for stories like every image emotes has a different experience that a viewer has so let the viewer decide what that emotion is 
you, you know, for you is different, for them is different. So don't look for stories. Just create visions. Three best places to immerse in visual beauty. Ah, okay. Probably this is the first time that this is getting documented. Uh, so let me, this is what I keep telling, I've told my family. So when finally, when the time comes and my ashes need to be spread, spread out or uh, immersed, three places. One is Cambodia. Second is a village called Chitkul, which is in Spiti Valley. It's known as the last Indian village. And the third would be Prayag. Again, all these three places come from a very personal experiences. I visited Chitkul in 2009 when I was at the cusp of deciding what to do. And it was at Chitkul, an absolute accident that we landed there and we ended up spending a night at Chitkul that I decided this is what I want to do. Uh, and so this definitely has a very special place. Cambodia, it is not about Angkor Wat. It is about the place. It's just something absolutely magical. And there's that energy that draws me back to the place again and again. But I've been there four times already. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it has become an annual pilgrimage of sorts. So Cambodia would be second place. The third place, Allahabad, Prayag. I was there at, during Kumbh. A couple of years ago, during Mahakum, and that dip at Prayag was absolutely magical. It, it is just the sheer energy that one feels of all the three rivers coming together, and with so many people chanting and praying. And the minute you take a dip at Prayag, it just feels like you know uh, everything just melts out. The sense is like. All your worries just pe- gets peeled out of your body. It's an out-of-body experience that has to be felt. It cannot be explained. And that is the power of the place, I guess. So these three places, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, And all the three places, landscape to people to whatever you want to shoot, you have other options. It sounds very, very magical. We'll definitely look out for that. If Mayur had an option of getting any three individuals, doesn't matter who those three are, any three individuals to be on the board of PhotoMojo. Who would those three individuals be? You know what? It's actually not a difficult question. So I have Srikant Bhagwat, who's been my mentor from the day I was born, who's my uncle, and he's definitely on the board. Uh, the second person would, of course, I would love to have on board would be Subrato and Partha from Mindtree, co-founders of uh, and they continue to be my mentors even today. And Third would, of course, you know, if I were to talk outside my family, would be my grandfather, right? I mean, it's, again, all these three, my grandfather, because, you know, he, he, he was IMF advisor and he's been my guide. He's been my mentor all through my life. Yeah. He, he's again, one of those people who very calmly, very sweetly says, yes, you're right, but you're wrong. So yes. So these are three, three people, uh, definitely on the board, right? You know, again, from personal planning. Great list, great list. So here's the last of the power of three round Mayur. Three habits or routines that has made Mayur the person he is today. If, okay, let me start with something that has happened in the last uh, six, seven months. For the longest of time, I always ignored my health. You know, long hours, not being physically fit and taking things for granted. But over the last couple of months, I have kind of set up a discipline in my life where like my day starts at six, cycling, exercise, that's very, very important. You know, it keeps your mind fresh. It keeps uh, your creative juices flowing. So exercise is something very important. Second thing is 
always write down, you know, yes, we live in this world of digital where everything is, you know, on your notes, on Evernote, or on your laptop, or your phone and stuff. But I still go back to writing. I have, like, and if I show you around my office, you'll find stacks of books. I had this habit of writing. The first thing I start my day with is to do things that I want to do every day. And by end of the day, I strike and make sure that I close them. The last and the most important thing is in 2008, three of us made a bucket list. Things that we want to do after watching the movie, of course, and things that we want to do. And we meet up every four years to see where we are. So make a bucket list. Very important. You know, it could be the most serious thing that you want to achieve to the most stupidest thing of saying that I just want to walk in the rain, have an ice cream. If that's the thing, if that's your thing, put it on the list. Go for it. Go for it. And review that bucket list every now and then. And that's very important. So these three things would probably be on the list. Wonderful. So checking along, a lot of the listeners out here are also dabbling with the fact that I want to be a photographer. I not necessarily to become an entrepreneur, but just to kind of have it as a sidekick, side hustle kind of stuff. If somebody is dabbling with that thought of pursuing a career or a hobby of photography and visual arts, where do they start from? What skills do they need to kind of hone up? How do they kind of get better with some of these intricacies of photography, the attention to details kind of stuff? How do one go about doing that? So, the first thing, Shikant, would be that if you want to take up photography as a as an art form, take it up because you love it. Don't take it up because you're going to get, you know, the social media fame. Don't take it up because you need, you, you're going to get 100 likes. Take it up because you love it. Simple. That's the most, that's the core of it. Because the minute you start enjoying and loving something that you do, it will show in your work. That's very, very important. The second thing is, you know, there are close to about 800 genres in photography. And then there are some sub genres under that. It'll take you some time, but try to figure out what is it that you want. Some have high commercial value, some don't. Right. So decide what area that you want, you want to pursue and then find a mentor, find a mentor that you can shadow, find uh, that you, know, you could work with, travel with, who's ready to teach you. So these three things are the core. In, in addition to, you know, honing your technical skills, your editing skills, your storytelling skills and all that. But these three things and then get away from Instagram. And go back and go back to the old style of looking at books, reading. The more you read, the more you develop your creative visual storytelling. Because when you watch a movie, you know, you're, you're watching it from a, from that director's perspective, how he sees or she sees the picture or a movie. But when you read, it is your own imagination. So that's one way to start. And then when you go back to like, you know, these books, coffee table books, go and see images, read articles about different photographers around the world. That will give you how, what was the thought process? How did they think? Why did they shoot? And that will kind of help you to develop your own style and create your own style. 
you don't have to mirror when it comes to vision storytelling if you want to set apart set yourself apart yes you always start with copying somebody but then over a period of time you develop your own style be yourself be true to yourself absolutely fantastic mayo couldn't have asked for a better visual storyteller than you to kind of walk us through your journey what does it take to be an entrepreneur and the pitfalls one need to look out for i think i had fantastic joy learning from your own uh, journey and this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration so if there is an inspire someone today message for all the listeners out here what is mayo's inspire someone today message i would just say only one thing shrikant whatever you do there's always monetary benefits that will follow fame will follow but always be ready to give back to the society give back to people that is very very important and i think the last uh, two years of this pandemic if anything that we have learned is how we as a society have come together to help people you know during the peak of covid people coming on social media to distribute free food to people being affected to finding beds to uh, helping with oxygen to various aspects of it and sometimes it is not about just giving money it is just being there and listening and hearing and giving that shoulder to somebody so be prepared to give something without any expectations and that is the key message i think that will give take you far and beyond that you can think of so that's my message and keep inspired what a lovely message definitely message to create ripples of inspiration mayo thank you so much for taking time and sharing your experiences and uh, knowledge nuggets with all of us out here thanks shrikant it's an absolute pleasure to be here thank you for listening into today's edition of inspire someone today it's been a privilege to bring in these conversations if you like this episode and have any feedback or comments do mail me at inspire someone today podcast at the rate gmail.com inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us if you like what to listen feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration do not forget to follow me on my instagram handle at the rate inspire someone today podcast for all the latest updates this is shrikant your host signing off and until next time keep inspiring